Hey there and welcome to the 17X podcast series where we chat with amazing people from all over the world on how they are using their business to create outcomes aligned with the sustainable development goals. We hear from entrepreneurs, social innovators and change makers and everyday business owners using their business and brands as a source for good. So sit back, get inspired with me as we hear from these amazing people telling their story of purpose and impact. Thanks for listening. Thanks and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Today we are chatting with Harvey Penne, uh, the co-founder of Inspire. And I can tell you now it's an accounting firm like you have never seen before. Mm -hmm. Harvey is a TEDx speaker, is also the founder of Accountants for Good, a global movement that disrupts a very old school accounting industry. He's the co-author of Cashed Up, the seven-step method to pull more money, time, and happiness from your business, and an ambassador for Thank You Water and Buy One, Give One. Harvey's passion for spreading the good knows absolutely no bounds, and he believes that his family is number one. His mission is to create a business that gives him the freedom to always put his family first and to help other people do exactly the same. So today, welcome Harvey. Thanks for coming on board. Mick, thanks so much for having me, and that that is such a cool intro. Thanks for putting that together. I feel like your intro could have gone for about fifteen minutes with uh, with the story <laughs> the story that you've got to tell. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And um, so, where do we find you today? Where are you coming to us from? Uh, I'm in one of our meeting rooms at our Inspire head office in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane, and our meeting rooms are named after each of our key ambassadors. So I'm currently in the Philip de Bella room at the original king of coffee culture. So oh, yeah, perk up to the conversation. Yeah, great. Is there a coffee machine in that room? Uh, not directly in the room, but I do have one at arm's length. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Great stuff. Well, uh, you know, thanks. It's really cool to have you on the show today. and. Super excited to hear more about your story. I, I'm, in, in past conversations I've had with you, I've heard, I've heard part of it and I've heard some of your story from other people and I, I'm really fascinated to hear more about it today. So, um, you know, we'll kick in and get started with a bit of an icebreaker. Um, you know, we're shooting now into April. It's almost Easter. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> what's been the highlight for you this year, 2019? Yeah, I love it. Um, highlight so far has been um, some really positive medical results. Uh, about two years ago, I got blindsided by uh, cancer. It was actually a testicular cancer, so not you don't want any cancer, but particularly for men, that's not type the yeah, type sure. of cancer that we want. Wow. And uh, yeah, so, so I've been on a bit of a recovery road since then, but by natural means to keep my uh, sort of health at, at number one. And mm-hmm. so every six months, I get a, a result to see how. Uh, the tumor markers are going, or if, if there's any cancer present, and yep. uh, yeah, just got the results back. Uh, I think it was like last week or so, uh, out of my six monthly reviews, so and still yes. 100% uh, cancer free or uh, zero on that front. So I'm, I'm very happy about those. those awesome, so, congrats! <laughs> yeah, amazing, congratulations. That's uh, that's unreal. I think, um no matter who you are in this country in this day and age, I think you're you're always close to someone that's been on that kind of journey. So, um, you know, congratulations for for getting through the two years. That's amazing. Cheers, mate. So, um, yeah, especially that that particular type of cancer, like, uh, testicular cancer, it seems to smash the, the young guys. Like I'm yep. 33 now, but I was 31 when I got it, and you you feel invincible at the time when when you're in your 30s, and so um, to kind of get that to the news and diagnosis uh, can be a bit of a wake up call. So yeah, yeah, pretty pretty proud of um, trying to encourage all men to 
to, to be proactive about their health. Um, because, yeah, without our health, what have we got, Craig? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I guess, um, you know, there's there's obviously some some key advice there that I'm hearing around, you know, the young guys need to get themselves checked out. I guess if we just check in on that for a second, like what would be your key learning from that experience so far as a young, a young guy that's had to deal with yeah. such a confronting, confronting uh, diagnosis? Yeah, it was confronting is definitely the word. Um, I'm really grateful for it in, in respect, although I'm sort of one nut less um, here <laughs> standing today um, to, have to make a bit of a sacrifice. But the lesson I took away from it, bro, is, um, is that life is short and, and I've, we've all got limited days and, and hours on this planet. And I remember there was this moment when I was on the MRI table getting a scan and was, I just found out and it was all pretty sort of hectic level of emotions and, and I just had to, had to do this reconciliation thing. Well, if, is this my time? Is it up? And yeah. at 31 years old, uh, is this the end of the road? I mean, it could very well have been. Thankfully it wasn't. But, um, you know, if, if I would ask you or if any of our listeners were to think about that same question, like if, if today was the day that you said goodbye to, to the world and all that you love, you know, would you be happy with the impact that you made and mm. the people you spent your time with and, and what you did with it with that time. And so my little mantra that I take away from it is, is just inspire before you expire um, because those, those days are numbered and we want to make sure we're using every one of them um, to, to make an impact and, and to do good and hopefully inspire some others. Yeah, awesome. That's you know, that's some terrific advice there, I guess, from someone that's obviously walked the road. So, um, yeah, good on you and, and thanks for sharing that that kind of personal personal story there so um you know moving through to a little bit about you can you tell us a bit about your origin story where you come from and what brought you to you know where you are today yeah awesome well um you, you probably won't be able to pick it from the accent but um i was actually born in new zealand um, a kiwi family and um mum was just to give some context mum was 13 when she had my sister and 16 when she had me so um, we're a pretty young family and, and we lived in a part of New Zealand that um, was pretty poor. Um, you know, probably the best way to liken it is that we, we lived in a hood uh, and in that hood um, that there was lots of drugs, lots of, sort of domestic violence and, and the majority, just by virtue of the lack of opportunities that are there, um, yeah. lived, lived off um, you know, government you know, benefits. And so mum and dad did what many Kiwis did in the 80s and they, they brought us over to Australia um, the land of opportunity, and um, it's probably why there's so many Kiwis here nowadays. Um, but you know, back then when we arrived in Australia, we, we didn't know anybody, we had no money or education. And you now, Mum was telling us we were so poor at times that she would take us to the local Franklins, which is like now Woolies, and um, we'd go around and eat food as we walked throughout the aisles um, as our dinner, because that's the sort of all we had access to. So wow. Um, we all got into this thing called business. My, my parents are doing it. I, I, I got into my first business at 13. Um, and, and this was, you know, well before Gary Vee was making business cool and, and, and trendy. <laughs> yeah. Business for us, Nick, was, was just a, a means of survival. Uh, yeah. It was a, a vehicle to, to help us make ends meet and, and help us keep um, our, our family together. And so um, of, this is my, my fourth or fifth business, um, owning Inspire. And um, my first business was, was a lawnmowing business that I ran around um, the, the local area, um, but that gave me enough to sort of buy my first house uh, at 18. So, you know, a bit of businesses, construction business down at the Gold Coast was my, my last big one before um, uh, working with uh, other accountants. 
Um, even the, the business that I ran that was working with other accountants that ended up being so successful, we had a, an ASX uh, or stock exchange listing, uh, which was pretty cool. And yep. here I am today uh, with Ben uh, running Inspire. But Nick, uh, it's kind of since being in business since I was 13, there's really one thing I learned from it. Um, and it's really that, that business is tough. Um, I don't know what your your experience or your business journey has been like, but it's really hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone once said to me, it's, whatever you think is going to happen, it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much. <laughs> but, yeah, fair enough. It's pretty much exactly it. One of my quotes on this is, is, is business is a walk in the park, and a Jurassic Park. Yeah, sure, <laughs> and, sure. Uh, I think it's so true, and, and so here we are today. I'm the co-founder of Inspire. Uh, we, we help young families get cashed up so they can use their business for good, uh, which is really great, and, and it's really aspirational. But um, you know, some of the numbers that, that make me sad to, to realise about business is that um, I was reading the other day. There's about two to one million businesses in Australia. It's like the most there's ever been. Yeah. Uh, but of them, ninety um, percent are small. And of them, of the small businesses, 60%, how's this, Nick, either are unprofitable, earn under $200,000, cannot afford to pay themselves a decent salary or cannot afford to, to hire a team. So, you know, we've got this sort of dichotomy of these extremes between getting into business as a means to, to, to be, you know, have some opportunities for our family and maybe to be good. But then at the same time, the reality of, of business is that a lot of people are, are simply struggling out there so um, that's why we're, we're passionate to do what we do here at Inspire to, to help our clients and, and business for good founders to, to make the smart financial decisions in yep. their business would see them get cashed up um, not so they can fly private jets and, and buy Ferraris um, but, but so we can uh, ultimately have more and, and that means we'd be able to live more for ourselves and, and give more to others so that, that's sort of the a quick summary of, of my business experience and, and what motivates us uh, to do what we do today. Yeah, awesome. That's that's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, with uh, with Inspire, I was looking on your website uh, earlier, and it says that uh, Ben is the accountant and you're the entrepreneur. <laughs> so your uh, your background obviously isn't isn't as an accountant. Um, but uh, can you tell us a bit about Inspire and how, I guess, yourself and Ben work together to create the, you know, the culture and the outcomes that you do at the moment with your clients? Yeah, awesome. Well, um, I actually think it's a pretty interesting model, you know, having only an accounting firm but not being an accountant. And I think you might be able to uh, relate to this or, or in, in sure. business in general where if we're technicians, say we're, uh, we're, we're a coffee shop owner who's, who's the barista or the accountant yeah. who... Uh, accounting for a moment who's the accountant. Um, sometimes when, when we're technicians and, and we own a technical business, we, we have this tendency to, to go in and, and do our trade and, and be a, a technical profession. And so, um, yeah, me not being an accountant, although I own an accounting firm, gives a really great opportunity to uh, work on the business uh, rather than in it. Yep. Um, but how I originally met Ben is I ran a consulting business that worked with maybe the top 600 accounting firms around Australia. And the mission was to, was based on the belief that accountants change lives because, you know, business is a numbers game, and, but most business owners aren't necessarily numbers people. So accountants have an amazing opportunity to, 
to, to really make an impact in, in business owners and in people's lives in general. Um, the, the trouble is most accounting firms are, you know, the average age of an accounting firm owner mix is about 58 years old. So that sort of old thinking has, has permeated the, the industry. So, um, yeah, I consulted to, to all these accounting firms about how they could do more for their clients, how they can make a, a bigger impact. And, um, yeah, one of those accounting firms that I uh, had met or um, amazing people that I had um, developed a business relationship was this guy called Ben Walker. And um, he, he'd been working in the big four accounting firm and was tired of being a cog in the machine. And he said, I've got this big vision to create an accounting firm that really mattered for their clients. And that business ended up becoming Inspire. And, and I helped you know, get Inspire off the ground as a consultant to Ben. Um, like I mentioned earlier on, that consulting business ended up um, floating on the stock exchange. And, and that gave me a chance to um, knock on Ben's door and say, hey, bro, I, I love the, the vision that you, you originally set. Um, let's join forces. And, and so that was... Um, now, three years ago, Mick, that, that Ben and I have been in, in business together, and, yeah, wow. um, uh, which, which has been a, a bit of fun. Um, but it, it's really helped us get clear on um, that, that method of the, the seven smart financial decisions um, that can, can help business owners to, to get cashed up. Because if you're like the majority and, and, and you are cash poor or struggling for cash, then um, it's going to be impossible to make an impact on your family or on the community and the world and beyond. So um, you may have heard the quotes around um, you, the idea that you can't pour from an empty cup. Sure, so sure. A good portion of what we're doing is helping to, to really unlock that, that, that abundance first so that, um, mm. yeah, we, we, can, we can make some, some more impact and make a real, real dent in the universe. Yeah, great. And, um, you know, anyone that's listening, I'd, I'd encourage you to jump onto, uh, onto their website and check out, uh, obviously how Inspire is, is really representing its, its purpose based branding through simply just, uh, how they communicate what they do and how they help their clients. And that kind of leads us to the next question around, um, you know, you've got, you're a champion for the SDGs, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, you're a, um, uh, a representative of, of Buy One Give One and an ambassador for Thank You, uh, Thank You Water. Obviously, you've you've got this real ingrained purpose-driven uh, outcomes through your brand. Can you tell us a bit about? And I know you've got some really interesting KPIs that I'd like you to share around how you measure your impact through through Inspire and um, and how you're actually aligning yourself with the SDGs. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, our core sort of strategy, if you like, Mick, in, in growing Inspire has been really summarised in the statement, which is differentiation through philosophy. So, you know, in our case, we've got 12,000 accounting firms out there as, you know, quote-unquote competitors and, and probably every, anyone listening today is, is also in a crowded and competitive market. And so we knew that nobody else could compete on us based on our unique perspective and our unique philosophies and our unique purpose and, and values as to what makes Inspire. inspire. So one of those philosophies that, that we have is, is around our giving and that the Global Goals gave us a beautiful framework, really gives the world a beautiful framework for, for a higher purpose and a, and a higher why around why their business um, exists. And so, um, yeah, we, we met up with B1G1 and that created a really great framework for us to create a, a giving initiative uh, or campaign within our business. And so 
Um, that, that's called Day for Dollar, and it was really inspired by a lot of brands that, that many of us have come to love, like Tom's, where for every pair of Tom's pairs, uh, shoes you buy, they, they give a pair to somebody in need. Uh, or you may have uh, heard of uh, Zambrero's Mick, the, the um, sure. Mexican joints. Uh, they're really inspiring with their plate for plate initiative, where for every burrito you buy, they, they give a meal to somebody in need. And I'm like, wow, you know, imagine if we stood up and became the first accounting firm in the world uh, to stand shoulder to shoulders of these sorts of brands and, um, and, and make a difference in the world. And so that's where Day for Dollar uh, was really born. So what that means is that for every dollar of tax that we proactively save our small business clients, uh, we give a day's access to either food, water, health, or sanitation uh, to a family in need. Wow. And so you know, here we are today, uh, April. Uh, yes, we are in April now. <laughs> we are. Um, April 2019. Uh, and I'm proud to say that we've proactively saved our clients uh, just over $7.6 million uh, in tax. Uh, which they use to reinvest back into their business uh, and their family. And so, so that's a good thing, <laughs> yes. especially some of the clowns that, that are down in Canberra at the moment. <laughs> uh, they don't like the idea of, of giving the tax man a tip. <laughs> yeah, sure. But uh, again, thanks to that day for dollar of giving initiative, um, it also means that we've, we've given uh, just over 7.6 million days of access to life-changing help to families in need. Uh, in just over the sixteen countries uh, now, yeah, it, it's it. When you put it into those numbers, it's it's almost uh, unfathomable to to think that you know maybe ten years ago that was completely impossible to do that kind of stuff, mm. and now with you know the the accessibility to the world through companies like B1G1 and, you know, um, the, the movements around pledging and pledge 1%. And um, like you say, these brands, these big brands that are really championing this this effort, you know, I, I get spoken to on nearly every podcast about Patagonia and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, uh, I love to see the, the counter on your website whenever I look at it and see how it's moved. <laughs> you know, seven point seven and a half million dollars for your clients is like it's mm. it's high five material no matter what world you live in. <laughs> However, you know, switching it over to seven point five million days worth of health benefits to people around the world, you know, that's that's just it's it's moving and I I can mm. you know, I, I can't congratulate you enough on that. It's you know, you inspire me to to keep pushing with uh, things like Sit for Sit and the projects that I'm involved with uh, that, you know, to have the patience and to, to know that there is some, some really huge impact that's available down the track. So um, yeah, and how, you've got a fairly large goal with this giving over the next few years. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's a 7.6 uh, is where we're at now. And that is a big number um, given that we're only a small team of, of uh, 12 um, but yeah, our big goal is to, to hit one billion by twenty thirty. Um, so that, that's a big number, and <laughs> that's a big number. That's a huge number. That's a huge number. <laughs> As accountants, like we're around numbers a lot, but by all of our standards, that's still a big number. And and in the same sense, Mick, um, we also have no idea how we're going to get that number. 
we just know that it's it, it's a big enough goal, it's a hairy enough goal, and an audacious enough goal yeah. that we need to commit to. Not just would that, not only would that mean you know money back in the hands of the the families who work so hard to own it, uh, as opposed to, to, to the taxmans. Yeah, sure. So if, if if you're aware of some of the conditions that that our friends and family in the developing lands are, are living in, um, and I'm spe- specifically talking about some of the, uh, I mean, is it now? I think it's 796 million people who today find themselves living in extreme global poverty. Um, so that means that they're kind of living on less than, call it $2 a day. Um, sure. And if we, we put ourselves in their shoes, um, then th- th- that's a goal that we, we, we kind of, must hit. Yeah. And I, th- I, th- uh, Harvey, I reckon not knowing how you're going to get there is part of the fun. And it's part of the, it's, it's part of the kind of the juice in the fire. It's like stoking the fire as you go. And I think having that kind of, as you say, a, a nice b-hag of a goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal around, okay, we're going to hit a billion. And if anyone thinks that, yeah, a billion's just a bit bigger than a million, go and Google <laughs> how much bigger is a billion than a million and watch the watch the little infographics that come out and you get a bit of a scale. But um, yeah, I think the, the key around that that people listening to in their business can take away is this, this the, the, I'm seeing a shift with the, the idea of people that are currently working in a business model where it's a business for good or or adding some kind of purpose to their local community or the wider global community is around having these KPIs in their business that aren't aren't dollar-based and how do we measure success based on the impact that we create. So, mm-hmm. you know, having a goal like, okay, yes, we want to save a billion dollars for our clients, but really the way that you're, you're really focusing that is the billion dollars for your clients is the offshoot or it's the it's the generator to actually achieve the real goal of, of impacting a billion days worth of health supplies around the world, um, which I guess takes me to the next question is, is what, how do you see having these non-financial KPIs in your business uh, engaging and, and creating your team's culture and buy-in around the vision of the business and coming to work and being pumped every day and, and understanding that they're playing a bigger role in, in the world simply by turning up and doing their job? Yeah, no, that's an awesome question. And, and what I've observed, because now we, we've got the privilege of working with, with hundreds of, of business uh, businesses that exist for good, is is typically when a, when a business is, is focused around profits, um, all of the sort of key people, whether it's the founders or the team or, or shareholders or customers, um, seem to have a, a really shallow level of, of, of care and involvement around the business. So, sure. you know, for, for a typical team member and a typical business, it's like, well, you know, how much money can I get out of, of this business and how much experience can I get out of there before I, I leave? And, and for the owners with their typical team members, it's like how much you know, time and productivity can I squeeze out of my my people before they leave or, or with, with customers, it's like, well, what's the cheapest I can possibly get this service for or, or I'm going to shop elsewhere. And so that this sole focus on profit creates this, this, this really shallow and really kind of selfish, if you like, uh, environment. Whereas we've noticed in our own experience and working with others that businesses that uh, aim for a purpose above profits uh, we seem to get the inverse um, results where, where a team are bringing their absolute 100 and even 
to, to work every day because it's not actually work for them. It's, it's part of their own personal mission and their personal values and their, their personal reasons for being. Um, or, or we've got clients who you know stay longer, uh, are happier, and more importantly, uh, are our biggest cheerleaders and, and champions who, who refer you know like-minded people to us because we've got this purpose which is like a magnet that attracts sort of like-minded people. So sure. being able to sort of switch the dial from focusing on, on profits only, and this is ironic because I'm the author of the book, <laughs> Stuff, which is you know, around these things, uh, but what, what, what we're, we're realising, what we're teaching is that when we aim for a purpose higher than profits, uh, that the profits exist, that the profits appear kind of like a, a humble servant uh, to, to to help us achieve these big goals, yeah, uh, sure. To make that impact that we've we've set out to make, and so there's this really curious idea um, that, that that you probably heard a lot is that uh, businesses who do good um, do better. Yeah, <laughs> and, sure. <laughs> and that's exactly what we've we've seen to be the case. So we, we've got team members um, here at Aspire. Actually, this one one good example, Mick. Um, uh, her name is Rose and she starts here on Monday um, as our uh, Chief Experience uh, Officer at the front of house. And um, how I met Rose is I was speaking at, a, at an event called Get Up With Purpose and we're sharing these philosophies and ideas around why uh, we do what we do in our business. And, you know, Rose is, was, was really happy in her current role in a very successful firm and was talking to me after the speaking gig because of our shared values and our shared philosophies. And she was really inspired by what we did and also why we did it. And Rose was such an amazing person that I said to her, Mick, Rose, I don't often say this, but I want you to quit your job and come and work for Inspire. <laughs> and given we'd only met each other for like 15 minutes earlier and she'd only seen us, us speak, but it kind of blew her away, blew me away for even having the confidence to ask. But <laughs> Here we are three weeks later and she's you know, um, quit her job and is, is literally coming across uh, to Inspire and, and now we're able to attract you know, great talent, um, which is only going to help continue to accelerate uh, our goals. And yeah. I, think, I don't think we would have been able to get Rose as, as an example um, if we weren't purpose-driven and if we didn't lead by values and if we didn't um, live into those values with, with something like our, our day for a dollar giving initiative. So sure. some of the results that we've been getting from from this purpose uh, over profit focus. It's amazing that, you know, you've got an opportunity to use this, this purpose legacy inside your business as a recruitment tool uh, and, or an attractment tool is a better word mm-hmm. to use and finding great people that share the, you know, the great, same philosophies of you and that they're inspired to yeah make a complete pivot or change in their life just to come and hang around and be with you guys and be on your journey you know it's it's kind of the flip side to that that if you've seen the uh the, the wolf of wall street where the uh the young guys you know he says if you can tell me how to make seventy five thousand dollars a week i'll quit my job right now well Instead of that, you've got someone saying, you know, if you can show me how to save lives through turning up at work, then hey, I'm yours. Mm. So, mm. ah, unreal. That's really cool. We'll have to um, hear about Rose's journey in another 12 months' time on the next podcast. So, yeah, um, so mate, just a couple more questions before we run out of time. Um, I'd like to ask people what they think our opportunities lie ahead of us. You know, if we think about this this movement into business for good, um and, and particularly where it's headed over the next, say, in your opinion, 
two to five years or even beyond around, you know, what opportunities are available to the business community right now and ahead of us in creating, you know, purpose-based brands or businesses or legacy. Um, yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Well, um, I, I think the opportunity is huge. Um, using the Commonwealth Framework as an example of the, the sustainable development goals, uh, the United Nations has set a, a big area audacious goal to end poverty, uh, zero extreme poverty by, by 2030. So that's, uh, call it 12, 13 years away. And the, the nature of human beings is that goals are that far away, we're probably not going to get excited until we get really close to the end. Sure. And you and I are, are in this space uh, around purpose and, and doing good, and you can already feel and sense the, the, the momentum building towards this goal. And, and if you've seen the amazing uh, We the People video that the United Nations put together to announce the 17 priorities, you know, the, the number of celebrities and, and famous people and, and, and world influencers and leaders that are already behind this movement means that it, it, it's just going to be huge. There'll, there'll be celebrations around uh, the, the global goals as we get closer. There'll be um, maybe you know, days that are uh, you know, acknowledged towards it or, or they'll have big celebrations and carnivals and it'll become a real culture, just like the whole world was, was really motivated around the how uh, the first time man set, set foot on the moon. It was just sure. one thing that, that brought the whole of mankind together. And so we're lucky right now, and for anyone listening to this podcast, to be aware of the beginning of this this wave and this movement. And we've got a real opportunity to take advantage of it and also be be seen as, as leaders in that movement. So um, I think the, the question is, like, how? You know, how do we take advantage of that and how do we, we be seen as one of those leaders? And, and I think the opportunity for us is to simply make an impact. Um, in, in business nowadays, in, in 2019, if we're not making an impact, then I believe that our days are numbered. Um, but one of my favourite quotes is from, um, I think it's Richard Branson was saying, where the, the times that we're living in are, are such that, um, I'm going to find it here just so I can not mess it up. <laughs> but he said, yeah, never has there been a, a more exciting time for us to explore this next great frontier where the boundaries between work and higher purpose um, merging into one, and, and we're doing good really is good for business. So, my question and challenge for, for everyone is to think: um, What is this intersection between work and higher purpose? And if you were to wrap a number around the impact that you make through your work, in our case, it was was tax savings. Mick, um, in, in your case, it might be the the, the the improvements of profit or the improvements in lifestyle that someone might receive as a result of of working with you or for a real estate agent, it might be the, the numbers of days that people have, uh, have, have now had home thanks to the, the houses that they've sold. But what is the number that would define the impact that we make for our work? And, and that's one uh, aspect or, or one tangent. And, and the other tangent or the other intersect is, is higher purpose. What, what is our higher purpose for what motivates us in life? Maybe using the global goals of the 17 priorities which one of these really resonate with us personally as human beings or really resonate with our business and its reason for existing? And if if Richard Branson is right and if there has never been a more exciting time for us to explore this intersection between work and high purpose, then maybe there's an amazing opportunity for us to follow the, the footsteps of Tom's 
and find a really great giving initiative that intersects between you know, the shoes they sell and the impact they make. Or zombreros with the burritos they sell and the intersection between the impact they make through the giving or with Inspire, the, the, the tax savings we make and the intersection between the, the giving that we do as a result. So if we really want to take advantage of this new great frontier, um, I'd say that the answer is to make sure we're making impacts. But could we really scale that impact by having some form of articulation around a giving initiative or a giving impact that every time something amazing happens for you and your business and your clients, how do we measure that impact? And, and could we, through the power of, say, B1G1, create some form of giving initiative that would trigger an equally as amazing giving initiative to happen around the world that really feeds into our own higher purpose, our own higher reason to, to exist. Well, that's... Uh... That's some pretty awesome advice right there. I think what, what, one of my last questions is what advice do you have for people in business wanting to do good? And uh, you've just, you just nailed it on the head right there. I was actually just <laughs> taking notes for myself <laughs> just to, to go back and have a look at how we're, you know, I talk to people in coaching around, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big data head. So, you know, obviously measuring data and using data to help make the right decisions. And um, we talk about critical numbers and, and finding the, you know, the one or two or maybe three critical numbers to focus on. Um, mm. And a big, big champion these days around finding, yeah, some critical numbers uh, that aren't particularly around that P&L or sales process. And what, I think what I, I note, I just wrote down listening to you talk was, you know, what is the number of impact that you that you set yourself, you know, what is that benchmark? And for you, it's a billion. <laughs> um, you know, my uh, our our sip for sip business has three, so we we set up the um the uh, the startup with an initial plan to to reach three different benchmarks around days of water given. So we've got ten thousand, a hundred thousand, and a million. Um, and the idea was just to use them as benchmarks to prove our model to ourselves as well as, you know, it, itself along the way. Um, and I think if you can use those kind of, uh, you know, just to echo your advice there around using those impact metrics as performance metrics that then speak back to obviously putting putting cash through the door to keep the business survival, then that's really where you can focus I guess, a new alignment in, in creating a business for good and a business model that's around sustainability or creating these tangible outcomes when we sell our widgets. And obviously B1G1, we're both big champions and and love um, what Paul and Masami have done there. So, and it's it's obviously accessible as well to everyone, no matter what size your business, which I find is, is amazing. So, um, mate, uh, there's just been a huge amount of wisdom there. Um Thank you for your time. We're, we're getting pretty much to the end of the time slot. Um, what, uh, I guess the last question I'd, I'd love to ask people is, you know, are there any purpose brands that you're following at the moment that really inspire you, you know, that we can go and have a look at? Yeah, um, there, there are a handful. And, and the reason why these guys inspire me is, is to me, put my accountant and, and cashed up author hat back on mm-hmm. to be able to really provide you know amazing proof that businesses who do would do better so um one of them is warby parker that i mentioned in the beginning who, whose glasses they give a pair for every pair sold yes um, really well known in the states but the, the critical numbers that really inspired me is that warby parker have 1200 employees uh, 63 retail stores and a rumored valuation of 1.2 
billion with a B, <laughs> not an M. Yes. So to me, that, that that's pretty outstanding because yeah. I know Ruby Parker in the states, but do do you think Mick that the world needed? another eyeglass company. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, these are the results. Um, Tom's, um, they've sold 60 million pairs of shoes. Wow. Um, which is great for, for the business, and, and thanks, they're, they're one for one. They've obviously given 60 million pairs as well, so great for the world. Um, but they just got bought uh, for $625 million. Um, so again, I asked the question, do, do you think the world needed... Uh, another shoe company. Sure, sure, sure. And, and the final one, uh, I love the numbers behind because they're, they're a local Australian one, is, is Zombreros. Um, yeah. They just ticked over, at the last count, 26 million meals sold. Uh, so that's that's great for business. Um, but, but also, if you think of their, their plate for plate initiative, that's 26 million meals uh, that have been given. Uh, but I was just reading about Dr. Sam Prince, who's the founder and the mastermind behind Zimbaros. Um, and I read that Zimbaros is responsible for, for $294 million empire. Yes. Um, and, you know, did, did the world really need another Mexican joint? Uh, possibly not. <laughs> um, so you know, these are some of the examples of businesses that, that really inspire me because they, they really do prove to me that businesses who do good do better for yeah. themselves, their founders, their team, clients, uh, and the world, and, and this is really great uh, kind of proof or evidence of, of getting behind you know, this amazing uh, movement that you're leading, Nick, uh, around purpose-led businesses. So sure. it does feel good, but it can be great uh, for the business as well, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah, great. Well, there you go. So three three amazing brands to go and uh, do some research on and take a look at what they're doing. So. Thanks for um, for sharing that. And, um, mate, thanks so much for your time and your wisdom. I've taken down a heap of notes myself and um, and uh, you've got me kind of re-inspired to go back and look at our sip for sip plan and make sure that we're on the right track with uh, with our, our giving and, and, and how we are using our platform to make some change. Um, and uh, so if people want to connect with you, mate, uh, where do they find you? How do they track you down? And uh, and what's what what have you got on your plate over the next little while? Yeah, well, um, probably the best place to connect is, is on my podcast, uh, which you're an amazing um, attendee on. Uh, it's called the Inspiring Business for Good podcast, and we're showcasing inspiring stories of businesses that exist for the good of uh, their founders, their team, their clients in the world. So you can check that out on anywhere that's good for podcasts. Um, and, yeah, just get in touch with me is uh, harveypenny.com. Uh, you'll be able to get in contact and maybe we can catch up and talk about your giving initiative for the world. And what's up this year? And our goal, Nick, is to hit 20 mil, uh, 20 million in, in, in tax savings for our clients by the end of 2020. Great. And so that, that sees us busily working away day by day to, to make an impact on our clients. Um, for context, it took us uh, about five years to hit the 7.6 million that we're at today. Yep. And um, we're aiming to kind of go from 7 to 20 in the next kind of year or so. So um, it's really turning, the, turning up the flame, but um, yeah, it's a good thing for everyone involved. <laughs> Amazing. Sounds awesome. Well, we'll have to check in with you, uh, you know, uh, early next year and see how you went with the 20 mil. <laughs> Beautiful. You'll, you'll <laughs> smash it. You guys will smash it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Um, appreciate your time and uh, and your epic wisdom there. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, buddy. 
Well, there we have it. Another podcast done and dusted. I trust you got inspired the same way I did. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to so that you get our new episodes and updates. Uh, Jump on and give us a review, five stars, one stars, whatever it is, as long as it's honest. I'd love it. And uh, if you know anyone that we should be interviewing for these podcasts, we'd love to hear them, so make sure you get in touch. Until then, go and create some purpose in the world and enjoy great things.